Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, here we are. Propo. Ollie Thornton. Oliver Thornton, a.k.a. Ollie, the producer, a.k.a. the prop king of Plumpton. The Unders King. I'm just making names up now. But we're back. The season is back, which means Edge Rush is back on a scale of zero to 100, Propo. How excited are you right now? And how confident are you right now about the season ahead? So in terms of excitement, Nat, I have to say that it is a solid like 125, 130. Like, I don't think I have been... Out of 100. Out of 100. Yeah, of yeah. Course, I genuinely have 100, yeah. Because, I mean, there's there's sort of no half asks with me, mate. You know that. Like, I honestly couldn't be any more excited for the season to start as... That's a good Spinal Tap reference, yeah? Turning up to 11. But you probably definitely haven't seen Spinal Tap. Do you know what Spinal Tap is? I have seen Spinal Tap. Oh, you have? You have seen Spinal Tap. I can't believe why. What an outlier that is. Anyway, we'll save that for our next Gen X versus Gen Z special. Sorry. So you're feeling excited. What about confidence? So the confidence in that was through the roof until yesterday uh, when I woke up Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. The... Morning that the NFL season starts, I wake up, I text Nat. I've woken up this morning, Nat, and I love the Rams. <laughs> I absolutely love the Rams. Yeah. Past two and a half. This Bills team has been way overhyped going into this season. You know me. I love betting on value. 
What is different about this Rams team, aside from the fact they don't have Von Miller? Will he be able to make an instant impact on this Bills defense? I'm not too sure. Josh Allen usually makes a slow start to the season. I think that the Rams will come away with a win at home. Super Bowl champs, Aaron Donald, will tear apart the interior line of the Buffalo Bills. They don't have Jadarius White at <laughs> cornerback. So I think that Aaron Robinson and Cooper Cup are going to feast. I had all of these. I really was... I'm actually relieved that... Mm. It was the Thursday night game because I think it, it could have been my Drew Lock. That's how confident have, I was about it. Could have been your Drew Lock of yeah. the week. It's unbelievable. Well, I uh, am culpable as well, listeners. I am an honest and transparent kind of guy because when we were having this chat on WhatsApp, uh, here's a select quote from me: "I love the Rams too. This Bills hype train is OTT." <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is that is the kind of level you can expect this season from us on Edge Rush. Well, to be fair, that wasn't yeah. our finest hour and certainly no. not uh, not a promising way to start the season. But, but whenever we agree succinctly, mm. it always goes one of two ways. We're either really, really right or really, really wrong. Horribly and in this case, wrong, we were yeah. horribly wrong. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's good to get that one out of the way because mm. it's just, it's a good... Uh, like there's nothing more humbling than gambling on the NFL. Realistically, is there? Maybe aside from golf. So yeah, it's going to chase us. It's going to sharpen our minds. I agree. I'm certainly looking uh, looking at it, using it as locker room bulletin board material for motivation. And we should put it in context for for listeners, of course. Old school, long-term listeners of the show w- will know this. You should remember this. But there are plenty of new listeners to the whole Nat Coombs show feed, and lots of different episodes dropping. So last season. Let's start by bigging ourselves up a little bit. Last season, our, our aforementioned Drew Locks of the Week. If you are new to the show, that is where me and Propo pick our favorite pick of the week, right? That's our mm-hmm. Drew Lock of the Week. And sometimes we agree, but rarely do we agree. Uh, based on what you just said, that's quite fortunate. Uh, and we go head to head, right? So our Drew Locks of the Week go head to head. And last season, we had a pretty good return, Propo. Yeah, it has to be said, actually, we had a sensational return. 16 and 6, we mm-hmm. both went, which is remarkable considering... What's the percentage? It really is. What is that? 16 I mean, Come it on. must be Come on, 68%, 69%. Look at that. This is just, just amazing maths. Hang on. Well, I, I need to... I uh, Keep going. Keep talking. Keep 71%. Definitely <laughs> just going higher and higher. Now. No, but honestly, and also the fact that it went down to the wire, because I remember it was the conference championship games... You took the lead, I took the over in the Chiefs-Bengals game and then the Chiefs decided to only put up three points in the second half, which I said, I think I was unquoted saying there's no way that the Chiefs go back-to-back games against the Bengals with three points in the second half and then they did that. So that was one of my other remarkable uh, bad takes. But at the same time, so you went into the Super Bowl with a one-game lead. You Mm. were 16-5. and You picked the Rams at minus three and a half. I picked the Bengals at plus three and a half. I had to go there because I had to try and beat you. And then we tied the whole thing. It was absolutely, it's remarkable. And it's very impressive for both of us at the end of the day. And uh, ultimately, that, more than anything, very humility. surprising. Very surprising. Yeah, great. <laughs> humility is another thing you could expect on the show. Right. So let's get down to business because we are sticking with a similar format to last season with maybe one or two surprising additional features along the way. We have promised, of course, that uh, Coco and Pebbles, the, the new additions to the NC household, um, very keen NFL watchers already. Um, th- let's, to be fair, as uh, well, they're, they're kind of beyond kittens now to kind of adolescent cats. They're about they're about a year old. Not particularly focused, I'd say, proper. So definitely interested, but attention span not great. But we might get them involved in picking some games later on in the season because I think that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to uh, look at two or three games per show. 
We're obviously going to have our Drew Locks of the Week. Propo is going to have his prop bets of the week. And we'll have our Acker of the Week as well. So that can be, well, sometimes it's a double. Sometimes, usually it's three teams uh, if we're feeling uh, feeling in good shape. Uh, and we had a pretty good return on those as well, I feel, last season. So that is the format you can expect from Edge Rush. The key thing, really, a lot of you will enjoy a flutter on the NFL like uh, Propo and I, but plenty of you won't. But there's a lot of football chat nevertheless. And we know that a lot of listeners enjoy the show, irrespective of whether uh, they take or ignore our advice and get involved in some action. Just good football chat coming your way. Speaking of which, before we get down to business, shout out to the guru, Sandrini, our brand new fantasy show, FFS. That is going great guns. Uh, you can get the latest in the vault. That's a week one preview there, including information all about the NC show, the Nat Coombs show, Listener League over on DraftKings, which is a lot of fun. You can pick a team every week, Propo, and go head to head with me, you, Ben, Sandrini, other show faves, a lot of fellow listeners, of course, win all kinds of prizes. So there's merch, there's tickets for Broncos, Jags up for grabs, all kinds of goodness there. So if you look at the link in this uh, in this show feed, if you look at the link over on Twitter at the NC show, we've pushed out on Facebook as well, I think, uh, still no TikTok. Uh, Insta is out there. You can get involved. Lots of different prizes every week. So shout out to SBK. Some great episodes in the vault as well to get you set for week one, including a previous show with the all pro Ben Isaacs. Mary Larwood came by recently to talk hard knocks in Detroit. Funny guy, funny show. Lots of goodness. And last but by no means least, as the boss would often say about Clarence Clemens, Mondays, Iron Mike Mondays, every Monday, me and Mike looking back at the weekend. We're going to drop that around 12, 1 o'clock every week. So uh, you will be set. You can guarantee that. Right then, where are we starting, Propo? Let's go. Let's go Saints-Falcons, first of all. That is where we're going to lead off. Now, as you well know, as our listeners know, I'm big on the Saints this year. They are, how did you describe them proper? They're my Patriots. Yeah, this they're your Patriots. Last season, I think we did about six or seven episodes just based around the Patriots, just to <laughs> appease yeah. how much you were obsessed with them. And they were a playoff team. We think they got smacked in the playoffs. They were a playoff never, team. Ne- that's all I said they were going to be when no one else did. And the Saints seem to have been picking up traction as the as the summer has gone on, right? Because I've been on their, on, been on their bandwagon for a while, but they seem to be... Yeah, kind of hipster pick now for for a number of people. So I don't know how much of a dark horse they necessarily are. But when we did Team Total's show a little while back, they were not looking like a playoff team based on what Vegas was saying in terms of overall Team Total's. But they're getting a lot of traction. And I guess a lot of it depends on whether you are glass half full or not with the Saints. It's true of every team to a degree. But the Saints have a number of different situations where you got to hope for the right upside and then things could get really, really serious. So Jameis, for example, keeping calm, controlling the ball, as opposed to wild, errant, erratic Jameis. Michael Thomas back up to 75% of can't guard Mike. We hope he will be. It'll be great for the league, great for us. It's a bit of a gamble as to whether he will be. Kamara and that whole situation. Alave, hyped up rookie. Is he going to be balling from week one, week two, or is he going to be one of those players that maybe second half of the season or even has a Jerry Judy-esque rookie season, right? I don't know about the move to let CJ Gardner-Johnson go as well. I know there's depth there. There's all change in the, in the secondary, but I found that was a strange move oh, this at this stage of proceedings. Especially because 
they got absolutely nothing back for him either. Right. So, yeah. And he's a young prospect. He's been very promising in his first couple of years in the NFL. And he is that player that you want on your team because as they're saying on social media these days, he's got that dog in him. You know, like he is that person. I mean, all I remember from CJ Gardner-Johnson is just ripping other people's helmets off, grabbing people's helmets, punching people's helmets. And as much as obviously I don't condone that, of course. That's how you play five aside, most of you. Yeah, exactly. Most, come on, mate. I don't condone that, but at the same time... Hang uh, on. I, I want to, sorry, I just want to go off on a tangent straight away. I want to go off on, on a, on a five-a-side or, or seven-eight-a-side tangent. You played with OC this week. Yeah, I did. I played with him yesterday. You played with him yesterday, and you scored a screamer propo, didn't you? Yeah, I did score a screamer. So me and OC play against each other quite regularly or play with each other quite regularly uh, in North London. And what OC's managed to do, which I, I really appreciate and love about OC, is he's managed to effectively create a group like organize a group of people that will play with him at the exact same time where he knows he's going to be on a good team every single week <laughs> they essentially look like they could be nfl yes. players like the nfl players like they are massive very athletic kind of like guys in their mid to late 30s but realistically at the same time you don't want to go into challenges with them they're going mm-hmm. hard they play hard and if you're on their team and you're not sort of uh keeping up to scratch or you're not moving the ball or you're not mm. communicating they will let you know and then some do you know what I mean it's almost like they, they prefer they... playing for them or against them uh, both mm. pretty much yeah so like the one time so there was um one of the guys I was playing with we were playing against him yesterday and it's just a harmless question my friend Hugo just goes how long left ref and the guy just and one of uh, OSC's teammates just looks at him and goes why are you tired <laughs> <laughs> you're getting tired tough like that and then he was like yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's Dan Campbell the coach of yeah, exactly <laughs> so that happens and we, but yesterday I was playing against them and we were a man down mm. playing against OC against his quite intimidating team effectively because they do go in quite hard and we were managed to move the ball quite well but then a ball came in from a corner kick I took a touch on my knee from nice. the edge of the area and as you know I'm a centre back I don't usually drift that far up top Take a touch on my knee, perfect touch, let it bounce once, then take it on the half volley and put it into the bottom corner. Oof. And I'm celebrating, everyone's going wild on my team. And all I hear is this overpowering voice going, no way, <laughs> no way do you have that in your locker, Ali, no way. <laughs> and I just said, oh, see, I'm as surprised as you are. And then he comes up to me about five minutes later and just goes, nice goal. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Love yeah, that, it's man. very exciting. Yeah. We won the game in the last minute. We, we won, won it. 10-9. So sounds, like, sounds like it was a sh- 10-9. Sounds like a shady keeper there, mate. I'm going to come and get some of that action. Let's do it. Right, so good day for you. Uh, at the office yesterday. What about the Saints then? This is a pretty straightforward bounce on paper, right? But here's a question for you straight off the bat. Week one, hardest week to pick Uh, in the NFL? By a country mile. I think that was demonstrated last night. I don't think anyone was really expecting the Rams interior line to be that bad. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone was expecting the game to go that way for the Bills to be able to keep the Rams to 10 points. I thought that was very impressive from the Bills perspective, but also a massive surprise. There are so many unknowns going into this week. We have really no idea what a lot of these teams are going to look like. And also what we see this week, as we all know now, there are a million podcasts released on the Monday after week one saying overreaction Monday. 
Saturday. That's mm. what it is. It's just renowned for being that. What we see this weekend, don't make any generalizations, don't necessarily take too much from it because it could definitely be an isolated mm. weekend in terms of what we're going to see because a lot of these teams will be trying to establish their identity, mm. try new things and find themselves out a little bit more because you don't see as much as you see starters in preseason infrequently, still not enough to say that they've actually sort of identified exactly what they're going to be doing and how mm. they're going to be executing it. So it's impossible. It's a really, really tough week to call. That's why I've been really struggling for my Drew Lock this week. Mm. There are quite a few plays that I like. There are quite a few props that I like, but there isn't that one bet that screams at me. I like, yeah, I absolutely love that one because at the end of the day, you can always look at it, right? There's so many unknowns. You can always argue the other side quite easily as well. Yeah, well, let's look at the other side then. So the Falcons starting with their offense, I mean, the line's not great, but no. Mariota can move. So, you know, it's less of an issue if you're again glass half full than perhaps it might be for a, a less mobile quarterback. Mariota, of course, an intriguing prospect having come into the league uh, along with Jameis, of course, their trajectories uh, paralleled and uh, bounced out of a starting gig by Ryan Tannehill, who himself had been bounced out of a starting gig moving from Miami to Tennessee, but he supplanted Mariota. Mariota then spent a couple of years as cars back up in Vegas, now gets the shot but very much a transition kind of play, we think, right? But nevertheless, he's definitely got some chops. He's got NFL experience. He has a potential to kick start his career. So the motivation factors there. He's got some serious weapons, right? Carl Pitts, Drake London. We love a bit of Drake London. Corderell hoping he reboots year on year. There's a chance, I guess, that that was a particularly auspicious season for him and it could be a bit of regression there. But he's definitely got, compared to other struggling teams, he's got an offense that's got a bit about it, doesn't he? Yeah, and in, in a coach in Arthur Smith, he's got a, a coach who knows how to set up an offense to kind of protect it. We saw that when he was the offensive coordinator at the Titans during a great run. So I... Honestly, and I think what we saw from the Falcons in preseason was actually very promising. I think what we saw from Mariota in preseason was very promising. I think it's very easy when you go into a game where you've got Marcus Mariota at quarterback to write him off because we haven't seen him as a starter for a couple of seasons. Mm. And also just to write off any quarterback who isn't necessarily a guaranteed starter. You wouldn't say that he is the person that you want to lead your team. He's not a franchise quarterback, but at the same time, he's a serviceable quarterback. The odd week will be able to provide you with moments that can win you games yes mm. his issues are that he can provide you moments that are going to lose you games but that doesn't mean you go into every single week thinking they've got Marcus Mariota at quarterback the opposition's quarterback's better that immediately means I'm going to write off this team Mariota has won plenty of games in the NFL he has incredi- incredibly uh, sort of He's just very, very good in the red zone. Mm. And he's proven that because of the fact that he is a dual threat quarterback. He's able to move with his legs and create a lot as well, escape the pocket and then make make the right decision at the right time when the play does break down. And when you've got a freak in Carl Pitts and a freak in Drake London who are going to be able to create space, I think he has the opportunity to cause the Saints problems this week. And this is a Saints defense that is one of the best in the league without a shadow of a doubt. 
So what's the spread and what's the total for this one? So the spread is at Saints minus five and a half. The over-under is at 43. It's very interesting because the it basically, money has been coming in on the Saints sort of building up to this one, as you've said, because the Saints have become more and more popular as the off-season has kind of continued. And interestingly, it got all the way up to six and then immediately went back down to five and a half, which means those pros, those sharps, they were waiting for that number six to bet it so then it would come back down. I think that this game is going to be close now. I'm going, not going mm. to lie to you. I think that in these situations, you play the number, you play the value. Yes, the Saints look like the better team in pretty much every aspect of the game. I love Dennis Allen. I think he's been getting huge praise from the likes of um, Cam Jordan came out and said he's given the defence the confidence to go out and win games and describe that feeling as unreal. Everyone is saying he's extremely intelligent and has great people skills and is really loved in that organisation. But I still think he is a rookie head coach going into his first week as New Orleans Saints head coach this weekend. And I think when you've got a divisional game away from home, I don't think you would ever want to go in with that. We're laying five and a half points. Mm. And I think that that's too many points to be giving the Saints. And I actually really, really like the Falcons in this spot. I think people have completely written them off because they've got Marcus Mario to a quarterback because mm. they're not very good up front on either side of the ball. But this is the NFL. There are no chumps coming in. They're not all incredibly bad athletes. You're going to see top level athletes coming in for the Falcons. And when they're playing against the Saints, they're always going to show up. So I see this game being a lot tighter. I still think the Saints will win it, but I see this game being a lot tighter than people are necessarily thinking so I will play the Falcons plus five and a half oh you're gonna play that okay I'm not gonna go near that total for reasons you said it feels uh, a little bit too weighty but I'm still unconvinced uh, about this Falcons side obviously however because of their offensive chops and I know the Saints D is heavy weight but I think that total seems low I think I uh, if I'm gonna have a play on this game I think I might take the over Really? See, I would be... My only fear about the over is, is I think there's a lot of change on that New Orleans, New Orleans Saints offence. There's a lot of players basically learning to play together. The line, the offensive line's learning to play together. They've got issues at left tackle, which we know is an incredibly important position. So that's my fear there. And the same with the Falcons. Like, I would probably be leaning towards the under just because I don't really know what these offences are going to look like necessarily, but I think we'll see a tighter game. And I think that lends itself towards an underplay. But I don't like, as you said, the number to me is a little bit, it's probably bang on. I think there's probably going to be about 43 points. I think this could easily be some 23-20. Yeah. And that screams like what this is going to be in this game. So I would probably leave it alone, but would be tempted to go towards the under. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We've got the the interception machine that could, could uh, Javis could hulk out into the interception machine. Playmakers everywhere. Jarvis, we haven't even talked about one of the most reliable in the business. Uh, I, I might play the over on that. All right, but you're not convinced on it. You're more convinced on uh, the Falcons with the points. So uh, we'll kind of push that one and kind of go different ways in terms of action there. Next up, Ravens, Jets, the Flacco Bowl. Uh, of course, Joe Flacco starting for the Jets because of the injury to Zach Wilson, much to the delight of Jets fans the world over. Um, the Ravens, another team where there is a lot of mm-hmm. smart, sharp hype around. So no less than the brilliant Ollie Connolly, of course, Gridiron editor and a friend of the show. He is big on the Ravens this season. I've seen others similarly thinking this could be their year. I get why, but I'm still worried. I'm still worried about this Ravens receiving core. If you want to make a, a base level comparison when we're looking at receiving core depth, 
Green Bay, another team that are going to be in serious contention, another team with a ball in defense, another team with a great quarterback, but a questionable receiving core. Rogers over Lamar every time in that respect of getting the best out of them. Look at that receiving core, particularly with the ground game, a little bit banged up. J.K. Dobbins is questionable, right, to start for this. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to go on forever. I know the line's got Ronnie Stanley back. I know there's, there's better protection. And Lamar, as we've talked about many times on this show, it's not a question of I don't think he's able to be an elite passer and all of that nonsense that flies around Lamar. He's a heavyweight player. I'm just concerned that that is too threadbare, uh, a receiving core, to make them serious Super Bowl contenders. Where are you on the Ravens? So I think they definitely have the capability to go very, very far this year in the NFL. But at the same time, I kind of agree with you where I think the, it's the same, it's my similar opinion with the Saints, to be completely honest with you. I just think they're being slightly overhyped. I don't think I necessarily believe they are going to be as good as a lot of other people do for the basically the same reason as you is the fact that I don't think that they have a good enough offense all around. And also we haven't seen it necessarily, the consistency that you would want to see from this offense mm. for me to be convinced that they are genuine Super Bowl contenders or Super Bowl favorites. I think they could potentially be in contention, but I don't think I'd put them up there as my favorite to win the Super Bowl. At the same time, Lamar Jackson on a contract year, he is going to be phenomenal this season. Mm. And what they will likely do is what they did a couple of seasons ago when Lamar Jackson was at his best is they'll probably go to those two tight end sets. When we saw Lamar Jackson at his best, right. it was with Mike Andrews and Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. And, now, and now he's got Mark Andrews. And again, I just love tight end names. Isaac Likely. What oh, a great he's got to be, he's got to go straight into your top five yeah, favorite tight end. Where's, where's he going in? Is he, is he going? Yeah, I think he's probably about fourth or third at the minute, but it nice. depends how successful he is. Yeah. But I absolutely <laughs> love, love the name Isaac Likely. It is yeah. brilliant. And he was one of the stars of preseason. So I think he could be really, really serviceable in this league in this season in his rookie year. Rashad Bateman is likely to have a breakout year as well. He'll be the go-to guy for receiver. Mm. I think more consistent than what we saw from Marquise Brown. And then the run game, as you said, when you've got the likes of Lamar Jackson, who is able to essentially escape anything you throw at him and be able to create absolutely sensational things out of absolutely nothing. Mm. I think that the sky is the limit for this team, but I think we still need to see it. That being said, what I always look for in great teams is a great coach a lot of the times and uh, great lineups in the trenches. And I think that's what we have. I think the Ravens have a great offensive line when everyone's fit, when Ronnie Stanley's back. And I think they have a great defensive line. Last yeah. season, they were one of the best teams at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a recipe for success, yeah. especially with, with that going- secondary behind it as well. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it, it, for sure. Bateman's interesting because you're right. Again, we're looking at a number of teams projecting a, a particular upside, like I outlined with the Saints. And I think he's very much one of the pivotal players for, for Baltimore. They'll be contenders for sure, but to, to have a really deep run because I was looking at uh, some numbers based on his rookie season and look, injuries all over the place and, and challenges all over the place. So, and a rookie season, this era where we're expecting receivers to roll in Jefferson style straight away doesn't always play out, right? But, 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 Bateman averaged his PFF stats 1.3 yards per route run, which was last season, 83rd out of 128 qualifying receivers. So it's going to need to be a big jump for him 
in his sophomore year as he's the the go-to guy. Speaking but of he things- was injured, he was injured during the period where Lamar Jackson was actually balling. And he came back right. when it was Tyler Huntley throwing the ball a lot of the time. So I think that's got to be taken into consideration. Asterix, big fast asterisk on all right, fair yeah. point. Looking at the Jets, really must be really frustrating in respect to Flacco, because I know he gets a lot of a lot of criticism. He's a Super Bowl winner and he's did had you a, watch any of him in preseason. He's had a, so yes, I did. But did look, you see I, that pick six. He shouldn't be starting. I and mean, it's ridiculous. It looked like you throwing the ball. Oh, that's bang out of order. <laughs> bang out of order proper. It's it's I am way worse than the black. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know. I think it's pretty close these days. The uh he shouldn't be starting in the NFL. I just I just don't understand it at all. Uh I, I, I guess. The logic prevails that you've got a seasoned vet that's been there, done it, good locker room presence, uh, and a solid backup understands and root smart player understands concepts quickly. So uh, each safe pair of hands. But when Robert Salah's faced with the reality, oh shit, we're starting with Flacco week one, even even though it's the Flacco Bowl and revenge will be on his mind. Uh, very, very concerning there. But a lot of positives around this Jets particularly the defense. Unsurprisingly, we expected Salah to, to be crafting and building a team that is that leads with defense. So how, forget the offense and the likelihood that they're going to struggle with Flacco leading them against this superb Ravens D. What about the flip side of that? How do you think the Jets, can the Jets counter the Ravens at all? Or do you see this, as a as a straightforward ultimately runaway win. What is the line in today? Is it seven? So the line's at seven. It's been yeah. flirting with six and a half and seven. I think every mm-hmm. time it gets to seven, usually the pros will come in and smash that number because it is a key number. And obviously they're pros and they're sharps and they're sickos. I don't know how you back a Joe Flacco led Jets team. I mean, I just I think that's painful. If you do it, get in touch at DNC show because I'd love to hear it why you're doing it. Because I if think you that- did it, where we yeah, if you've backed Joe Flacco how are you watching the game? Because presumably you can't be sitting no, you can't. watching it normally calmly with a beer in your hand on a lazy boy. You are going to be what? Just, I mean, what pacing up and down like a loon, uh, maybe even just kind of going out, not watch, can't watch much of the game going out for a walk, fresh air, come in every, just put, get around the door for a few minutes. Cause I, I, otherwise I don't know how you can watch it. Be very impressed with anyone who does back them, just because I think of how difficult that whole process would be to watch that game unfold. But at the same time, oh, now, mate, I yeah, think- Flacco's going to throw for 400 yards now. <laughs> There's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's absolutely There's zero on. chance. He's the only off. way, and this is how I think the Jets can stop the Ravens, the only way I think the Jets can keep this game close is by playing an incredibly sound, well-organized defensive game. And I think they have the potential to do that because what is an issue for the Ravens going into this, as much as I think when they've got everyone healthy, they've got us very, very solid starting offensive line. Currently, I think their interior is a little bit banged up. And I think that's where the Jets will be able to take advantage of the Ravens when you've got the like, likes of Quinn and Williams, Solomon Thomas, Carl Lawson, one of those players yeah. that I saw a lot playing for the Bengals, one of the most underrated players in the league, signed in free agency mm-hmm. for the Jets last season, one of Salah's big moves, gets injured in preseason out for the whole season. He is a sensational edge rusher and he should be able to cause a lot of problems. What was his injury? Was he ACL? 
I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think yeah. it was. But it was out for the, he was, and he was, it was literally, he literally signed. And then within three days of practicing with the Jets, he was out for the season. But his return, I think, is going very much underappreciated around the NFL. I think he should be able to be really, really good this season. And I think you've got like, so CJ Mosley wasn't actually that impressed with them last year. He still led the Jets for tackles, but I thought that he had a down year compared to how great he was when he was at Baltimore. But still, people are saying it's the Joe Flacco revenge game. I think CJ Mosley, Mosley will also try and inherit that narrative to motivate him. You've got Quan Alexander, Quincy Williams, the other linebackers. I think they have enough talent in that part of the defense for them to be able to stop the running game, at least somewhat for the Ravens to get the ball back for the Jets and to give them at least some time to get time of possession. Because I think that's the only way they're going to be able to keep the Ravens at bay is if they try and keep the offense off the field as long as they can. And I think that's going to be difficult source Gardner looks like an absolute stud let's be honest that I mean one of the greatest names I wish he was a tight end so I can yeah, add it should be to get up to your yeah, list he should be yeah. a tight end with that name but he looks like an immediate stud to have an immediate impact so I think this Jets defense is going to have a really really successful season I think they're going to be a tough team to beat mm. I'm yet to be convinced by the offense especially with Joe Flacco led mm. I'm yet to be convinced I'll by Zach it. Wilson because I don't think he's had any opportunities to train with this team so if, and if mm. he comes back next week I still think he's going to struggle and I would have actually probably been more confident on the Ravens if Zach Wilson was starting because you know what you're going to get from Flacco it's going to be solid it's going to be dink and dunk it's going to be basically like watching Ben Roethlisberger last year mm. and if he can get the ball a quick release can't wait I, yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. it's going to be really exciting then I think they'll be able to move the chains very very slowly and frustrate this Ravens team at the same time as I've already said there's zero chance that I'm backing the Jets here I have to take the Ravens especially at minus six and a half I love that number and I think that it's amazing because it's the Baltimore Ravens they've got one of the best rosters in the NFL but at the same time they're going into this game with a chip on their shoulder they've got something to prove they've got a quarterback with something to prove because he hasn't been paid the money that he feels to be deserved after missing the playoffs last year a down year for the Baltimore Ravens they want to go and make a statement week one so I think I like them at minus six and a half mm. minus seven I'll probably still take them but not as convinced and then I also really like the under on this I don't think there's any way that the Jets put up points against this Ravens what's the total? The total's at 43. 43, yeah. Yeah, I, the under would be probably my play on this. Some really good points. The only thing I would push back on here, and I'm going to kind of throw this wild prediction week one, and it might sound totally counterintuitive for the some of the reasons you've already outlined, not least his enforced absence for a lot of preseason. I think Zach Wilson's going to come back and be fine. I've got a good... Really? Yeah, I do. I think the line obviously improved he's got weapons around him now he didn't have that last year I think he is gonna have a solid year and set him up for okay it's year three let's go Jets they could be 2023 season one of those buzz teams I think yeah so looking- are they in your uh 16 team AFC playoffs <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey listen you need to get your tight ends top 10 uh, favorite name tight end set for next week. All right, that's a bit of homework for you, Propo, because I want to see. Yeah, that. fine, I will do that. We bring it up on the show on Sunday as well, so I'll do uh, that as well. That's true. Oh, shout out to Talk Sport uh, Sunday, five o'clock. We're on air. We got 49ers Bears as our live game throughout the season. All kinds of live games, red zone shows, the London games, the Super Bowl. Uh, over 40 games, I believe, on uh, mm-hmm. on the Talk Sport Network. Propo, of course, leading the charge. Ben Isaacs, all pro, will be involved with that as well. Shout out to Will Gavin, saluting him, front and centre. Ollie Wilson, Phoebe Schechter, uh, five o'clock every Sunday. Uh, Listen along with us on NFL Sundays over 
on Talk Sport, Talk Sport 2. Right. Uh, let's go. Our third game. Chiefs cards. Just go, wait, hold on. You're just going the under in that, yeah? Yeah, I like the under in that. I'm not I'm yeah, not going to take. Yeah. I like the over in the first, the under there. Starting on starting the season on the fence, are we now? What? By making a pick in each game? Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Really, really on the fence there. Proper. You have no sides in either of the first two games. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah, just yeah, you pick the games. Don't shoot, don't yeah, shoot I'm the messenger. Yeah, I'm just kidding your head. I'm just kidding. Uh, I know you're trying to get mad. I don't care. It's not going to work, Proper. It's not going to work. All I'm concentrating on is the Drew Lock of the week and, of course, the Acre of the week for our listeners. Everything else is just jibber jabber. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm interested because I kind of, Weirdly, this morning I got distracted because instead of actually focusing on what my Drew Lock of the Week was going to be, mm. I started trying to bet what yours is going to be. Yeah. And I've, I've got it down to three. Have, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm good. Look, I'm going to poker face this up. Give me your give me your three that you think it's going to be. So I think either it's the Raiders plus three and a half against the Chargers, Lions uh, plus four against the Eagles, and then the other one was... That's uh, because you can't see this, but I am poker facing... Propo to the hilt. He's not. I actually can't. I actually can't remember what the other one was at this point. So, okay. oh, Steelers plus six and a half against the Bengals. Okay, no comment on any of those. We'll see. We will see, my friend. Um, but you're a long way from Kansas, as the saying goes. Ah, speaking of which, how about that for a segue? Chiefs cards, our third game. <laughs> I promise that sounded. That's like you know when you're watching watching a live football game, and there's so clearly a scripted line that the commentator has written for weeks. No, no that <laughs> was that's that what that was sounded like. Really. If we were going to have like a partridge bell. <laughs> <laughs> so partridge. Said that's accidental partridge on Twitter. Oh boy, that was very partridge. Uh, Chiefs cards. This this was a really interesting stat as I was doing my uh, doing my homework. And, and let's face it, you know, I've been I've been in the game for a while, so I've got to get got to get sharp for the season. Nothing like propo and the research that he puts in the graft he puts in as we know just hours and hours often 21 22 hour days getting set for for edge rush with piles and piles of graphs and charts and old school xerox paper up to his neck we all know that's how propo gets set i'm not to that kind of degree but yeah i do a little bit i do i, I do a little bit and i found this really interesting stat about the chiefs what was one of the biggest narratives propo of last season when it came to the Chiefs, that they had regressed significantly offensively. It was just not the same edge offense that we've seen from Reed and Mahomes uh, hitherto, right? The Chiefs passing offense last season, despite all of the negativity, all of the short falling, ranked second in the NFL in EPA per play. The Rams, the only team ahead of them in EPA per play, They're part, that's a passing offense. So the, any stat like that, of course, you've got to add context. You've got to look at situation, I get. But that really startled me that I would have, if you'd put me on the spot, I would have said 16th, you know, second EPA per play. All right. Then we look at this rebooted offensive line goes again a year in. One of their biggest problems in the last couple of years. Now PFF is saying that's a top 10 line. Flip side of that. The obvious absence of Tyreek Hill is one of the questions we've been asking for months and months. How will they compensate for one of the greatest playmakers in the modern NFL? Well, as we've heard on college days through All-Pro Ben Isaacs, Sky Moore could go off in his rookie season. Looking into him, 
and he played in the FBS, right? Western Michigan was his college. So again, add a little bit of context so that's not the highest, highest level. Not that that matters for a number of great players who come from uh, conferences outside of the big ones in, in college. He led them in missed tackles forced after the catch. 26 missed tackles forced after the catch. Sky Moore, by all accounts, electric. Juju could be... Hmm, I'm saying he's top five favorite signings of the offseason. I think really, I really like that Juju signing. I think he is going to ball with Mahomes. Andy Reid is going to love having him in the mix as well. So I think this Chiefs offense will be fine. I think this Chiefs offense will be back to its effervescent best. I think the Chiefs are my favorites for the AFC. I mean, I, I completely agree with you, to be completely honest, which is a uh, bit of a warning sign, alarm bells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so back and listen, this is what, what we're saying. Yeah. Really, the Chiefs, you're number one in the AFC, over the bill. Chiefs are my number one in the AFC. I think mm. because the other sort of contenders are the, obviously the, the Bills were very, very impressive last night. In between, for me, it's between the Bills and the Chiefs. That height train. Uh, <laughs> what was the question? No, I'm just not buying that Bills height I know, train. but last oh, night, there, to be fair, last night, I just thought defensively they were so impressive. Yeah. That's what I wasn't expecting was that level of intensity and that level of organisation this early on defence. I thought they were electric and they looked like they were all working together mm. in perfect unison, which is a scary thought for the rest of the league. But... Yeah, aside from that, I don't think, like a lot of people obviously say, the Chargers seem to be one of the other favourites that people are talking about. I kind of still need to see it to believe it. They've got a lot of players on that roster that I think are very prone to injury. And I think a couple of those injuries might derail the plans there. But I like Brandon Staley, obviously Justin Herbert. I think it's going to have an incredible season. So I do like the Chargers, but I don't think they're at the level that the Bills and the Chiefs are. Similar to Baltimore, there's too many unknowns, yep. too many injury issues there. Whereas with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, those are the two teams that now with the Buffalo Bills, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get from Patrick Mahomes. He looked incredible in preseason. They've been adapting this offense. We saw them adapt it last season. We, As you said, I think realistically, they're going to be able to do the same this season. Yes, they don't have necessarily the same level of target and the same level of threat in Tyreek Hill, but I think Marcus Valdez-Scantling will provide that deep yeah. threat. And when you've got options like Sky Moore, like Juju Smith-Schuster, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire mm. is going to be more of a threat in the passing game this season as well. And of course, you've still got Travis Kelsey there, who's going to take up so much attention in the middle of the field. I still think you've got a recipe for success. And yeah, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Mm. You put one of the best offensive lines in front of Patrick Mahomes, mm. no matter who your receivers are going to be, they are going to cause you significant, significant issues. And I think the Chiefs are a real, real threat this season. And that has been shown by the Sharps this week, Nat. This line opened at minus three and a half and it has already been bet up just this week to minus six. Wow. Chiefs on the road are six-point favourites against Arizona. The the, uh, the NFL world and the betting world really, really like this Kansas City Chiefs team. Yeah, that is interesting and, and encouraging because even at six and a half, and, and it's a, a good moment to remind listeners, particularly those new to, new to the action, how important it is to get in early, uh, and I propo is of course as the uh, uh, as the pro on this show when it comes to the edge is always on it like early doors, and then I kind of stumble around to thinking, well, who am I going to back on Saturday afternoon? But the the value is there, and this is a great example of that. If you got the Chiefs at three and a half, more uh, more sharp you 
I'm still taking them under under seven, and seven is a is a key line, of course. I'm taking them under seven. So as long as it doesn't go over uh, or hit seven, I should say, I'm a Chiefs all the way in this. What's the total? What's the uh, total? Fifty three and a half. Mm, and, and what's the Chiefs team total? So the Chiefs team. Okay, we'll do a quick bit of math. So the Chiefs team total will be probably what about sixty seven percent. Thirty and a half. Thirty and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I like that. I think that would be good. I think Travis Kelsey's going to have a big game because I still think there's a lot to be desired with the linebacking core for the Arizona Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, both first round picks, but ultimately unimpressive as far as I'm concerned in the first couple of seasons. So I expect Travis Kelsey to have a big, big day. I think there's going to be points in this. I'm expecting a lot of points. I think the Arizona Cardinals will be able to score on this Kansas City Chiefs defense. I mm. think Kyler Murray is going to be able to run all over them. And I think that mm. he's going to have a lot of success carrying the ball. I think James Conner will be able to run all over them. That's what this Cardinals team seems to be underestimated about is because everyone talks about Cliff Kingsbury and his house during the draft and everyone talks about <laughs> and everyone talks about his, this air raid offense. At mm. the same time, they still are very much dedicated to running the ball. And we saw how much success they had with that last season with James Conner having a really, really, really strong season. But I think Hollywood Brown coming to this Cardinals team obviously played with Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. They had a lot of success together. I think they'll be able to get points on the ball against this Chiefs team. I think we're going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. I think this is going to be one sit back, relax, get the popcorn out because I think these two teams are going to go toe to toe. I would be tempted, not a big play, but I would be tempted to go on the over because I think we will see a shootout and I think it will be really, really entertaining out there in the desert. Mm. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs win as well. I like it. Minus six. I'm with you, Nat. You know, one of the, well, actually, I'm going to stick a couple of couple of quick stats in and then we better get, uh, get rolling because we've got stuff to do before we get out of Dodge. Uh, this was interesting with the Hopkins absence, although obviously you've mentioned what plan B is going to be, but over the last two seasons, Kyle has completed 75% of his passes when he's targeting Hopkins and his passer rating is 122.5. So sure. Same thing with Alan Diggs and uh, uh, insert X factor receiver here with the quarterback. Of course, that, that that's why they're the X factor receiver, but worries me this is the other thing that worries me defensively for the cardinals uh, at their secondary generally but marco wilson who's their starting yeah. corner uh marco wilson allowed 129.8 passer racing on throws into coverage there's a rookie like he's a rookie rookie quarters it's maybe the toughest gig in the nfl he's going up against this offense my god uh they're gonna put up the points i'm taking the i'm taking the chiefs all the way as long as it stays under seven so get on that all right your prop bets of the week propo yeah so there is a chief in there for my prop bets as well and i like it i've already kind of signaled that i might be going here but clyde edwards hilaire over 12 and a half receiving yards everyone's looking to that last season for edwards hilaire and how unproductive he was. He was consistently out with injury. But at the end of the day, I think his season was completely wrecked by that off-season gallbladder surgery, which basically caused him to lose loads of weight, and then he Mm. couldn't get back to his top peak physical condition that he was in in his rookie season and we saw a massive drop off in his role in the passing game in his role in the running game as a result of that now back to full health I think he should more closely resemble the back that we saw in his rookie season and in that season we saw him average 22 receiving yards per game Mm. I think this is a new look Chiefs offense and I truly think that Edwards Hilaire out of the backfield will be more of a regular option for Mahomes this year so I love this number over 12 and a half Mm. 
really, really like it. My next one, live on TalkSport 2 at Sunday, 6 o'clock kickoff. I think we're going to see Elijah Mitchell, the San Francisco 49ers running back, go over 61 and a half rushing yards. Trey Lance, obviously now the starting quarterback for the Niners, and with it being his first game, going up a week, Bears D, I expect the Niners to run the ball a lot and pound it with Elijah Mitchell. No Akeem Hicks for the Bears anymore, so that should open up some lanes. And we all know how creative this run game is for the 49ers, so give me Elijah Mitchell to have a big opening game. Live on TalkSport 2, and Nat, Mm-hmm. first weather report of the season on edge rush. Yeah. Raining in Chicago Sunday. Ooh, raining Sunday in Chicago. Well, well, well. So Run been, the ball. Right, they're going to uh, Trey Lance is probably going to pass it by. What was the Patriots game last season when? Yeah, they were, yeah, they passed it three or four times. Didn't they? Yeah, that times. was ridiculous. Trey Lance could be getting to those kind of numbers on Sunday. Exactly. Right, My that. final one. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be an Edra show without me giving some love to a tight end. Well, of course. In my prop bets, Darren Waller to score a touchdown. I love Darren Waller in this one up against the Chargers, who though improving in the secondary, improving in their edge rush, I still think their linebacking court is a concern, which should work perfectly for Darren Waller, one of the elite tight ends in this league, friend of the show. Of course, I he, think he kicks off the season with a score. I was going to say you're only putting Darren Waller in there because he's a friend of the show, but fair enough. And I th- maybe we should have Darren, Darren Waller in every week, frankly, as a friend of the show. Uh, brilliant stuff. All right, prop post, prop bets of the week, and. Uh, as we've already established a few times on this show, don't push us on percentages precisely, but I can tell you that Propo is definitely over 500 on his prop bets uh, of the season last year and uh, is usually on song. I mean, I reckon you're hitting 65% on those is my, is my educated guess. I've noticed that with the Ackers and my prop bets, we usually go quite streaky. Like we usually go on a, a good run and then we go on a bad run and we we start laughing about it and we start yeah. taking the mick out of ourselves and then we'll go on a good run and we'll start getting really overconfident. So like, I think it's one of those when the, when we're hot, ride with us, mm. but when we're cold, stay clear. See, this is what I'm worried about with Cocoa and Pebbles, to be honest, when they start picking games for us. I'm just worried that, that you know, that, that, as I said, that concentration factor, uh, it could be a problem, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. Hey, speaking of Ackers, we're confident about this one and I should... Be very clear on this. So what we tended to do, didn't we, was pick an acker. Uh, did we alternate or I picked it and you could veto? But this time around, yeah. you've just gone in and said, here's the acker. And I suppose so I could veto it. Maybe we'll, we'll flip it this time. Yeah. But I don't I don't want to veto it because I love it. So this is a three-team acker. It's what, at least evens? Is it over? Do you know what it's it over evens. Just That's why I liked it so much because it's over evens. It's about paying about two and a half to one. Oh, blimey. Okay, so these are three teams, money line straight up. So forget the spread. This is just three teams on the money line. The aforementioned Joe Flacco Bowl. We're obviously taking the Ravens over the Jets. We're taking, in the Talk Sport Live game, the 49ers over the Bears. Bears suck. And then Monday Night Football. So you have to wait a long time for this, right, uh, to come in. But hey, you've got to be patient as a virtue in this game. The Russell Wilson Bowl. You're taking the Broncos over the Seahawks almost certainly because of the disrespect that organization has shown Drew Locke, I'm guessing, uh, is the number one reason. But there are probably other factors. We haven't talked about that game. So quickly, oh, why are you so... I mean, (laughs) maybe the dumbest question I'll ask you this season. Why are you so confident the Broncos over the Seahawks? But not worried there's any kind of trap game going down here. 
I don't think there's a trap game. I think the line might be a trap at about seven, seven and a half. I think that's too many points to be giving the Broncos away from home on a Monday night against the Seahawks and the 12th man. And obviously going against the Russell Wilson, that a team will be motivated to win. But at the same time, when you've got that big a imbalance in quality on both sides of the ball on both teams. I have no idea how Geno Smith will be able to put up points against this elite Bronco secondary. I don't think he's going to be able to throw the ball really at all in terms of getting any success with it. And I don't think they'll be able to get much on the ground game either. Whereas Russell Wilson, realistically, I think he's going to want to show off with these weapons. I don't, I wouldn't go anywhere near the number, but I still think that the Broncos will be able to win this game and Russell Wilson will get off to a, a victorious start Yes, well, that, he's got, exactly. He's got kind of revenge on his mind. He's definitely got a point to prove, motivation, uh, and then some. Yeah, I like it. That's our three-team hacker. Hey, speaking of all of those things, time for Drew Locks of the Week. Now, you gave three games that you thought I might be going for. All re- decent shouts, to be fair, because... And and, and it's canny from you, Propo, because I've been bigging up the Steelers as a... One of the 16 teams I think is making the playoffs in the AFC. No, but I like I like the Steelers. I mean, defensively, obviously, in particular, but I think they're going to be better offensively, despite that line that some people are suggesting. I, I'm intrigued with with Mitch. So I think mm. six and a half is, which is what the Bengals are giving up there, is generous given that deep. But I, but I, I'm 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 not liking it enough. Bengals, I still think. As we've talked about with with Ben Isaacs on the show quite recently, I think defensively will be better than people are suggesting. And I think they're going to go off again offensively. So I, I'm confident on the Bengals. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about them. Uh, you, the Raiders, another team you know I like, uh, and I think could get out of that. That yeah. smells like a trap game. I was going to say, if you took that to Drew Locker, I yeah, think yeah. that line, you look at that line, you're thinking, why on earth would you not take the Raiders there? That screams to me like a trap game. Three, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm not going near that at the moment. I am going, <laughs> I am going with a man. And bear in mind, when we were chatting with Ben earlier in the week on the preview show, I was saying how much I'm rooting for Christian Kirk this season. He's gone to the Jacks for the reason... Oh. Reason, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere near that game. But oh, okay, I was about to say, Jesus, <laughs> that noise just, just, just sound that up that noise, propo. <laughs> yeah. Utter disdain and put a bit of concern in there as well. <laughs> I love the fact that Christian Kirk could go off and just shut up all of those people that decried the deal and the Jags. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, it's maybe less rather than more likely, but I. If he goes for 12, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, I love it. I love it. Uh, and on that note, there's another player I'm rooting for for different reasons this season that I just want him, given what his organization, former organization has done, how they behaved, what I think of them as a result, how he was treated. Baker Mayfield wow. is where I'm going in the Baker Bowl. Really? This has Drew Locke of the Week written all over it because... He is going to be fired up and he's that kind of player. Ever since he's been in the league, he's that Brett Favre kind of, I'm just going to take it to you. He is going to revel with his new weapons around him. I love that receiving call. McCaffrey's rolling again. And I know, I know that this Brown side that he leaves behind, it doesn't matter. There is an issue at quarterback if you, if you consider it an issue because their line is so strong, because their ground game is so strong. In Carolina... I'm taking 
what is the line? I think it's it dropped down to one now, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. one and a half. I've got the line. Oh, okay. Because I've seen it at one elsewhere as well. I am taking, well, I'm taking Carolina straight up. Am I allowed to take them straight up if they're the favourites? Just, then just take them minus one. Fine, okay, right. uh, you give me minus one. Fair enough. I will yeah. take them minus one. Baker gets it done. The Baker Bowl is where I'm going for my Drew Lock of the Week. I won't lie. I think that's ballsy. I'm quite impressed. It's a yeah. ballsy pick. I think yes, that's a ballsy pick because ultimately there is quite a lot of unknowns with both teams there. You've obviously got a very, very strong defence for the Cleveland Browns and uh, a very, very polarising quarterback in Baker Mayfield at a new team with quite a, with a new offensive line and new weapons. But at the same time, I love it because what that is, and at the end of the day now, as we've said many a time on this, we, we do this because we believe we can give an edge as we've proven last season that we can give an edge. But ultimately, we're buying a ticket to the game, as Matthew McConaughey says. <laughs> and you yeah. buying that ticket to the game, your Drew Lock of the Week be on the Baker Bowl. Like, I can't wait to be sitting there, like, sitting there with you in the studio watching it because you know that it's <laughs> yeah, going to be there's yeah. going to be moments where you're going to be like i told you all i told yeah. you this was going to work yeah. and there's going to be moments being like god why the hell have i backed baker mayfield Baker's fourth interception <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's going to be it will be a roller exactly. coaster He's, exactly that'll that's be the, so much fun that's, that's what so i like fun. about him i like really well said I, that's exactly what i like about it. it's a roller coaster when you watch him and, and Farber's obviously a better player a great player and, and i don't think baker is a great player hey, he might you never know he might go on to be but He's cut from the same cloth. It's just compelling. I want to see who who is not going to be interested and fascinated in that game. It's going to be a ride. I cannot wait for it. Baker Bowl and the Panthers are my Drew Lock of the Week. What about you, Popo? Where are you going? Well, you're kind of making me feel like I'm just copping out now. I Here won't we go. Back on the fence. Yeah, well, I feel like this one is a way more boring pick. It's way more stale, but it is on brand. Because as you know, last season when I couldn't make up my mind, what I would do is I would... Uh, go with an under. And that's yes, what I've done no, this no, no. season. Safe and while I was looking, I was shopping around for unders. I was tempted actually with that Saints-Falcons one. I was looking at potentially the Patriots-Dolphins just because we know what the Patriots can do. I was potentially even looking at this Cleveland Browns-Panthers game as well, but it was just a little bit too low for me at 42. So I'm going with a slightly controversial one, realistically, for week one and going against arguably one of the most high-powered offenses in this league with the best, in my opinion, wide receiver trio in this league i'm going against my beloved cincinnati bengals i'm going under 45 and a half in that game and that is because i think the only i don't necessarily think cincinnati are going to run away with it like they did in the two games last season i think this game is going to be kept quite close because it's mike tomlin Mm -hmm. and you've got brian flores as the new defensive coordinator there and i think miles jack as i've said before on this show is one of the most underrated pickups in this off-season going into that linebacking core with Mm -hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that the defence will be able to cause problems with a newer look offensive line. If you remember... The Bengals had a similar revamp that the Chiefs had last season. And yes, the offensive line proved to be quality by the end of it. But if you remember, they had a couple of issues early doors, which is natural when it's a completely new look offensive line. I think that the TJ Watt will be able to cause issues to that offensive front. So I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to score as freely as they have done recently against the Steelers. And as we saw at the back end of last season, 
And on the other side of the ball, I think Trey Hendrickson is going to have an absolute field day against this Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to struggle. I think the Steelers are just going to pound the ball. Najee Harris is going to get over 25 carries. They're going to keep running, 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 burning that clock and trying to keep this game tight and keeping that Bengals offense off the field. So I think under 45 and a half is a strong play here, although nowhere near as fun as yours. Well argued. Right to the very end. I agree with pretty much everything you said, particularly what you said right, right at the end. Looking forward to that. That is our Drew Lock of the Week battle re-engaged. Week one of the NFL is almost here. Well, the first Sunday, I should say. Week one, we're already up and running. Technically, the first Sunday is almost here. I hope you're going to join us on TalkSport 2 Live for that. I hope you're going to check in with me and Iron Mike on Monday to look back at it all. And I hope as you get set, for the weekend, you go back into the vault and check out some of the shows that you haven't listened to already. Remember, get involved with our listener league as well. Putting all the info in the show notes over on our biog uh, and indeed the pin tweet on Twitter at the NC Show at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but still no TikTok proper. Brilliant stuff, mate. Great to be back in the saddle with you. Let's roll and uh, we will find out our report card, our grade card for week one next week. Look after yourself, bro. See you Sunday. See you Sunday. I can't wait. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.